0: I'm in. Yes, you're in. I'm in. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thanks for <fuck. laughs> I was
1: getting worried
0: there, man. How you doing? Ah, not too bad. No too. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad, Mark. After what uh, <laughs> four attempts, here? Ah, uh, we got there. <laughs> right. Uh, that everybody, no. all right. Not too bad. No too bad. How's mine, all right for you? Ah, uh, decent, man. Decent. Very good. Right, everybody. Welcome back to the quarantine stream today. I'm joined by Mark. The Mark. Yes, new Monica.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people can follow me on Twitter at markthemark twenty two. Um I'm just gonna plug my podcast off the back mate, just so we can get that started right. with yours. Um but you can follow me on the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um we're reviewing pay-per-views and this is gonna be exclusive for you, Bowsy, actually. Um oh. We've got a show coming up, but we're going to be reviewing WrestleMania this year. But with everything that's happening, um, we think a lot of results are probably going to get leaked beforehand. It's probably not worthwhile doing. Um, so we're actually going to do a career retrospective on Dave Batista, who's all right. all the Hall of Fame. So we're going to be doing a, a retrospective on him as well. So just people may want
0: to look out for that as well. So um, that's all that we need to plug, mate. So thanks for that. <laughs> that's That's Davey <laughs> Right. So again, we're going to do similar questions to what we done last time. We're going to talk about what your favourite brand is, your favourite match. And your 10 must see wrestling matches, or your favourite? couple of extra questions through in. So, we've got to start off. What is your favourite brand currently in WWE? Um,
1: currently, it's NXT. Um, right. I think. It has to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um In terms of overall quality, um, I think it's fantastic. Obviously, I'm looking I'm counting the last few weeks because obviously there's a bit of a pandemic going on, hence this stream. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Um,
1: so it's, it's a difficult time to watch wrestling and enjoy the current product, but certainly over the last few months, NXT knocked it out of the park. Um, the only complaint I would have on NXT is that the takeovers are too good, and I know that's a silly thing to say, um, but you know the actual matches themselves, they're so... They're so you know, hard-hitting every single one, one after the other. I like that a pay-per-view, sometimes you get a breather in between. You get a match right. that you can breathe, you know, and you can slow down. Um it, It's just so high intensity that sometimes you find yourself exhausted by the end of it. So that's the only thing I can really take away from NXT. Um But that's certainly my favourite
0: brand currently. I'd have to agree with you on that one. And especially bringing up the point where you're saying about the pay-per-views being too good. Um, especially if you have something like one of the takeovers on the Saturday and then a big pay per view on a Sunday, and it yeah. gets overshadowed by the Saturday, um, when that's meant to be the main roster. Yeah, definitely you find that I quite a
1: lot. Yeah, you, you do find that, especially obviously, and that, that used to be the, the theme as well. NXT would always run their shows, you know, before the big four, so before SummerSlam, before Mania, before the Rumble. Aye. and you know, those were the ones that you always were, were buzzing for anyway. So NXT is supposed to be your quote unquote warm up. To that, but more, more often than not, they would steal the show. You know, they would steal the weekend, and I think it did. It, it, it drained you out, and by the time you know the big shows came, but that was a reason you didn't like certain things about it because you've already had a night of fantastic wrestling the, the night before. So, um I think it's probably you know uh, either of its own demise. You know, it, it's, it's been so good that it's actually the thing that's bad about it. <laughs>
0: that is true. That is you true. Kind of Always wrestling funds you know. <laughs> Have you noticed that they've started to turn Evolve Wrestling into the next NXT? Have you noticed Aye, that?
1: well, that was a relationship that started a wee while ago, um, but now that NXT's become the third, third brand, and it has, you know, and we still say, oh, you know, people yeah. down in development or etc. You know, and I know they've got the training facility down there, but Evolve is that, isn't it? The same guys in there. Nobody's really got any eyes yeah. on Evolve, and I let these guys develop and. It's a, good, it's a good system You know It certainly has worked um, And bringing some stars through But I do think that That's the only thing That brings it in for me um, if, we, if we're talking historically Because um, you know when you, when you posed that question anyway Before we did the podcast And I thought to myself Favourite brand Is he meaning of all time Because I, I was writing down Smackdown Ruthless Aggression era You know yeah, Yes, super yes. Fix, Brock Lesnar Eddie Guerrero Edge Kurt Angle Benoit Mysterio That was my generational wrestler wrestling 100% uh, what, what a show What a brand that was You couldn't even Compete with that You know
0: <laughs> I'll give you that Greatest all time Yeah. One hundred percent, definitely, one hundred percent. So again, talking about the wrestling, then to the wrestling now, it's obviously become more athletic nowadays. Um, there's less groundwork and more high flying. But not to say there isn't as much groundwork because there is some wrestlers that still take that as their passion, as their, as their main focal point. Absolutely. I think it's
1: like it's hard to sort of. A- to put, because everybody's different. Every wrestler's different. Um, every storyline character, how they develop it? Um, but certainly, when you look back at the older times, it was more story driven. If you look back at the early WWE, and I'm talking about right up to WrestleMania 10, you know, well maybe up to eight, maybe maybe beyond that, it starts to slow down a wee bit. When you know they bring in Raw and stuff like that. Um, there's weekly mm-hmm. TV you fill, but feuds would go on and last a year, nine months. So you have a feud last three weeks. Uh, Andrade and Humberto Carrillo, they've been feuding for about three or four months. And people are like, I am bored to death of it. Because you see yes. it every week on Raw. You see it on pay-per-view. You see it all over the Twitter, Instagram. By the time a month's passed, you're sick of feuds, you know. And I think that, that's the thing as well. There's so much content now. It's really, really difficult to hold somebody's attention. Um, yes. Especially you know, when you've got a three-hour Raw there. You can't just have guys... Talking of every week, they're going to have to get them involved, and then when they're wrestling each other, or when you know they're getting physical, it really takes away from the build to pay per views. You know, I think probably the best one recently, up until obviously the last couple of weeks, was, was Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. I mean, because there was very little interaction between those two, and then Drew in the Rumble. Kicked them right over the top rope I was on top of my couch Just <laughs> a bit swinging for the light, <laughs> You know And it's like crazy And then you finally see them get physical and raw as well You think this is a match you want to see See, so there was finally something there And you get it in glimpses now and again But in terms of your your mid-card stuff It's really, really difficult to find that nowadays
0: uh, You find that if, As soon as they get getting a food They're at each other's throats For three, four, five weeks And then a big match And then nothing after it Whereas the feud between these two, it's a slow, gradual build-up to a big bang at the end. Aye. And who, who doesn't like two
1: big bastards not lumps at each other, you know? I think Big E said the best well, on his podcast. They like to see two big guys bumping meat, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's, what, that's what wrestling was built on. You know, it was built on big guys like that who are larger than life. People you, you wouldn't walk past in the street, you know what I mean? And I think that's something that those two definitely bring to the table. Um, Aye. But in terms of feuds as well, I mean, storylines, there's not a lot of selection there. You know, a lot of the time, it's just this guy attacks that guy, so that guy attacks him back, and then he talks some shit, and then they get into the ring in the wrestle. And there's nothing really wrong with that, but it's just having... You know, we've been reviewing some old podcasts. Same and same, isn't it? It its You know, you review some old stuff, and it just needs something simple. And Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak recently... Um, at Elimination Chamber. That was such a simple thing. Gulak said to Brian, you know, I've got your number And Gulak's. Uh, Brian says, all right, then we'll see. And that was enough for me. That was different from what everybody right. else was doing. You know what I mean? And just wee, wee nuances like that is enough for me to, to want to watch it. And it was a great match as well, but it's it's difficult to find that nowadays. It really
0: is. Right. Personally, just when you mentioned uh, Daniel Bryan there, to go back to when they had Talking Smack and the part with the Miz and Daniel Bryan, that was... A fire starter, in my opinion Aye, that's great Um, I'm like that
1: You know, and and it was something that
0: was able to bring From the two hour
1: Smackdown And bring a wee bit of extra tape And it it gave people a platform to show they had character You know, a microphone does that for you You know, as soon as you've got a microphone People can see what you've got People can see what you bring to the table I mean, you see when you talk about the greats in wrestling You know, you talk about Hulk Hogan You talk about Steve Austin You talk about The Rock You talk about Ric Flair There's four guys there As soon as you put a microphone to them You tune in You know Yes, you, you watch and then, and it's it's a hidden art nowadays. Jake Snake Roberts, he recently returned. To no, AW. I was just about to mention oh, that. Oh my god, man! I've I've watched that about ten times. It's fantastic, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, so there, there's some still some good promos out there, but <laughs> you need to dig a bit,
0: a wee bit to find it nowadays. That is true. That is true. Just you are talking about your, like kind of old, kind of style. I'm going to ask you a question. Currently, of all time, what is your favourite? Belt design in WWE. So your
1: favorite championship design? All right, I was torn between two, um, and I think it's probably the two that you might have went with either or. Um, right. I've went for the big gold belt, the old WCW belt. Um, yes, obviously synonymous with Ric Flair back in the eighties, Jim Crockett create, um, Promotions. That's where the belts sort of originated. Obviously, they brought it back when um, WCW came over. Um, you know, you think of guys like Ric Flair and Triple H, who the two guys who i always seen wearing that belt you know when Triple H came over and the Bischoff regime started um, yes. sort of 2002 and he was wearing it that's just like a great looking belt and the lineage of it it's, it's something that's not very well held up um, before I say the other one would that have been your favourite or was there another?
0: Yes that is my choice is <laughs> 100% that is my choice yes it's just the history of the belt it is. um obviously went through a bad time in WCW but we're talking about WWE here Um again as you say the likes of Flair the likes of Triple H, I'm even going to chuck in the man you're going to make the podcast about soon, is Batista. Yeah. He's another one that you recognise the beltway. Randy Orton, again, that's four members of Evolution, a group that worked so well to bring that belt up. Yeah. Have you seen the Ruthless Aggression um, episodes on them on the network? I've not caught
1: up with oh, them yet. Fantastic uh, I've got time now. Yeah, you'll enjoy them. Um, the fantastic <laughs> documentaries, and you find out so much about those guys. But again, as you said there, even a guy like Mark Henry, you remember at Three's Hall of Fame run? That's just, just even a guy like that, you know, it really brought him up to that level. And it, you know, people always say, you know, if somebody can make the belt, and the belt can make the man. And in that occasion, the belt made him, you know, and and uh, there's with some people. Uh, the other one would have been the Doura belt from 2002 to 2004, you know, the old undisputed one. Um, yes, that was a close second uh, for me. I will give you that. Synonymous with JBL. Um, great title. Love, just look great. Um, guy like Lesnar as well, you know, um, mm-hmm. Taker, Baker Taker back then. So, Aye, that was a close sign, there, there are some nice ones out there, there's, there's some absolute honkers as well
0: Oh <laughs> I've right.
1: seen a spinner uh...
0: <laughs> To be fair, it made it work for him
1: It worked for him, but then when you see guys like you put I'm... the belt on anybody <laughs> else uh, right. I've been watching WrestleMania 24 for a upcoming podcast episode um, And Randy Orton comes out with it and I'm just like, uh oh, man, it just doesn't suit certain people, you know
0: Um <laughs> Arguably, I'm going to say the only other person that suited was the Miz because they turned the W upside down. Ah, that is the only time. I'll let you have that. Um, I think it's a shame though because I think that title run
1: came so so far before his time. You know, I think they put him in there too early because actually, you know, that as you said, they were talking smack stuff. That era Miz, that's a world champion.
0: Yes, yes. I'm going to actually chuck that out there. My next question is controversial champion, and I've already said mine, which is the Miz. He is my favourite controversial champion of all time, um, because again it was far before when it should have been. However, he done it well. It was a heel that people hated, and I like that.
1: I I think as wrestling fans we all enjoy a good heel, um, even though we love to hate them. You know, it's it's one of those ones. It's as soon, as soon as there's a good heel, you've got somebody to dislike. And but by the yes. same token, that's got that sort of cool eyes. But the Miz was somebody that nobody else had really done. I think the only one I could really relate to is maybe like sort of Rick Martell back in the day but certainly not his level yeah. but somebody who did that no. sort of obnoxious gimmick just as well um, I'd have to say JBL um, mm, I,
0: th- okay, I think
1: that's kind of an easier choice I mean he held the belt for nearly a year you know just shy no. Um but he was he was certainly a mid-carder to an undercarder, perhaps, before he found his GBL character. Um, and his tail run, he nailed his tail run, man. I think he beat Eddie Guerrero, if we did with Cena, I think that's where eventually dropped it to. Um, obviously, Aye. he had his entourage with the Bashams, Orlando Jordan and stuff like that. Um, I think his run was really, really good. i maybe be underrated. Um, oh, Jinder Mahal, more recently, um, hmm. is the name that... <laughs> Yes. Um, I don't know if you've seen Adam Blompier's back in the wrestling season. Yes, I have. And
0: Do not you worry. I have. So
1: he, so he rebooked this. And after he, obviously, I only watched that recently, and I thought to myself, after he rebooked it, I thought, see, it could have worked. It could have worked. He um, had that in him. So I, I kind of liked him as a champion. If it was not for the same match over and over again, I might have lightened up to it a bit more. I um, would also probably see Brock Lesnar's first run. Um, you know, he won the belt. Unexpected, ah, uh, he right. won the belt sort of less than six months in. He rubbed shoulders with Hogan, beat the Rock at SummerSlam. Certainly, at the time, that was controversial. You know what I mean? Um, throwing thrown a young guy in there at the deep end like that. But as you can see, the stars right. become new. It's quite hard to say that oh that was controversial. You see what he's like. You know, <laughs> but uh, I think that's
0: one that certainly comes to mind as well. Just we are speaking at controversial champions, do you remember the time where Brian Kendrick won it in a six pack challenge? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I'm sure it was a six pack challenge. See the no, it was a championship scramble. Oh, he so won crazy. the title for like two minutes.
1: Christ man.
0: <laughs> he won it for like two minutes and then it obviously lost. So technically you can say he held the belt, uh, but again, that that doesn't count as Oh man. What a shame. (laughs) Honestly, I can't even remember who he pinned, but he he done that. That was through
1: the bygone era, wasn't it? That was like 2011,
0: maybe. That was a a weird one. (laughs) But bringing back up to the subject of JBL, JBL's title reign essentially was what made John Cena. If it wasn't for JBL, you wouldn't have John Cena.
1: I 100% agree with that, pal. Um, Every good babyface needs a great heel and JBL was a great heel and people hated him for being JBL and people hated him for hating him you know and either way you know people still say that nowadays with certain people like Baron Corbin that's, that's probably the more recent version I could say it, no, people aye. hate because they hate him or they hate him because he's Baron Corbin but either way like he gets booed <laughs> with the building so for that's me, a good thing I, no? people say go away right? I, I don't agree with that necessarily I would say if you're getting, him, you're getting and it's the old Roman Reigns and John Cena thing you know it doesn't matter if it's boos or cheers as long as it's fucking loud um ah, as long as they're noise, it's no silent. Exactly, you know, if people. If people don't care, then they wouldn't make a noise. So the fact that they're, they're making a racket means they actually give a fuck. Yeah,
0: hundred percent correct on that one. hundred percent correct on that one. So talking about old kind of things, I'm going to ask you for a couple of different options before we get to our ten must see. But is there any matches that you can remember that don't get the kind of praise that they deserve? There's a couple that's on the list, um, so
1: I won't say them. Um, right. I have a couple that I've left off that I'll probably speak about. I think three of them, I'm just going to, it's a trilogy. Well, it's not really a trilogy, but it's, it's three of the same match that happened over different periods of time. Um, But it's Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Um, right, Okay, that. These two guys, two oh, any time they go in there, it was magic. I've written down uh, their match at 2003 in the Royal Rumble. Not not in the match, but was at the pay-per-view. Um.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They had a cage match on Raw in 2001. I think it was June sometime. Um, and they also had an ultimate submission and backlash, which is probably the best of the three. I've left them off with there because I've, I've, if I'd put as many cut-angle matches as I liked on there, I would <laughs> have <would've> been, <laughs> been a cut-angle list. Um, Aye. But all three of them definitely come to mind as fantastic matches. Um, I've put a few in here because... I think that ones that do get forgotten about are some of the best ones. It's just because they happened on a card where they were less significant, if you know what I mean. Aye. People always remember the big matches, you know. Um, so if you're further down the card, there, there is one more uh, I've written down here that I'm going to say just now. I've got a couple of mate leave to you later cause I think you might have them on your list, so I'll just hang on to them. Right. <laughs> so not steal your thunder. Um, but Macho Man versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8. A good one.
0: It's a match i have never seen sure.
1: before until maybe a couple of months ago. Um and I watched it and I thought, Christ, or, cause I think it was Hogan Sid was the main event, um, so this was in, like, nah, in the middle of the it card. Uh, it was like, wow, why is this in the middle of the card, man? These are two of the biggest megastars in wrestling and, and they get thrown in there, but it was a 20-minute match I think it was absolutely fantastic. Um, So that's another one. Two of the be. best workers as well at that era. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, Flair, Christ, Flair people say Flair's heyday was, you know, <laughs> early 80s and stuff like that, so for him to go long beyond is just incredible and be have matches like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's really all the ones I've got in there that I want to
0: say just now I've got a few I'll maybe see afterwards once I hear your list <laughs> oh, What I'll do is I'll let you see your list Have you got yours in order? Because I've just got 10 must-see matches
1: I, I've got mine in order um, So you want me to do mine right. in order And if you have it, you just say you have it And then you can tell me the rest of yours afterwards yes. Because of how we're going to do it like, Let's go with that then
0: Yes so, But first what we'll do is we'll talk about a couple of other matches before we get into that We'll take a wee ad break and then we'll go for the at the end. Um, one match that I don't have on my list, but it almost made it. Um, I'm mentioning this just now, obviously not on the list, but just adding in one match, um, Malenko versus Guerrero. Just when you're talking about Angle versus Benoit, that's another match It's kind of the same style. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, obviously, no, in WWE, it was in WCW, but I just thought I'd mention that when you mentioned two great wrestlers like that. Which, which particular
1: match is it? Because we just reviewed one on the Uncensored 97 pay-per-view. I thought it was that one. <laughs> it could be that, one. Could be yes. that one, yes.
0: Because, to be honest, it's hard to decide what one is the best yeah. one because they're sold. Because
1: another one as well I was going to say was um, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. I think it was Halloween Havoc. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a phenomenal match. Um and and doesn't quite get the, the credit it deserves because again it's an undercard. Aye. They were both undercard guys in WCW, um, so they don't get the spotlight. They should have got back then. And you need to think of the era of these matches happening. You know, I think that's that's very important. You need to think at the time what's going on around them, what kind of matches are you getting. You know, and you look at WCW at the time. So that Un- Un- Uncensored 97, we just reviewed that um, on the podcast, the Caldwell Newcastle wrestling podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and <laughs> that's the opening match is-, is-, is Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. And what a match. You're like 20 minutes of this and you're like, oh my God, it flies by. It's fantastic to watch. The psychology's there. The ring work is just effortless, seamless. Um, and then the main event is like a fucking three-way, Four man, so there are about twelve people involved. We've got Hogan, Macho Man, Pipe, uh, Piper, Hall, Nash, Luger, all these guys involved. Fucking Dennis Rodman standing at the holding the belt, and it's just oh. a clusterfuck. And I'm thinking to myself, that's just a gem, you know. It's a needle on a haystack. If you like, and you look at the I mean no, the rest right. of that card, we we, we butchered that man. We, <laughs> I mean, we we just <laughs> berated the rest of it, but that first match was blew you away, you know. Um, so I think that that's always important when you're taking on these matches. It took me ages to
0: get this list down to ten. Aye, <laughs> I, I do not blame you, man. Um, another great match that almost made the cut for me was the triple threat for the World Heavyweight Championship when you'd cut Angle, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio. Oh. That for me is one of the. It's a big match. It's the, you kind of go through all the emotions. Yeah. Um, for Mysterio to to win the rumble, to lose his spot in the match, to then again get put back into the match, to. To go in and win it, yeah. it's it's unbelievable. That's one of my favourite matches, but it's no one of my must see matches. That is the that's only the thing. Cl- that's,
1: the, that's the clue here, isn't it? Because you know, so many matches are I, I really enjoy, but I think that's not really must see because there's matches that are like that. I just like it for this reason or that yes. reason. Um. I mean that 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 one with Mysterio for me, and, and you were similar age, and I think growing up there was a personal part of that match for us, obviously. Loving Eddie, Guerrero. and I think that's something because uh, Stuart, who I host the podcast with, he's a wee bit older and he was smartened up to the business by the time Rey Mysterio's run came around. So, in terms of his title run, so when it came right. up to that, and he, he to this day does not like Rey Mysterio, and really because of that story, he hated that story so much that they used and it's not really Rey's fault, you know, but they used Eddie's real life death in order to. Push Rey Mysterio to the stars, and mm. I can totally understand that for where he's coming from. But for me, as I, as a youngster, that was that was why I liked it, you know, because there was it felt real, it felt like he was doing it Friday, yeah. etc. And that's what made it more emotional for a lot of fans at the time. So I'd agree with you on that one. It's it's a fantastic match, and from its time watching that back and stuff like that, and remembering what was going on, um, it, it, it certainly made you know, whatever
0: age I was then, <laughs> maybe <pop> at a <laughs> young age, you know. So before we get into our 10-musty we'll matches, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a wee tiny ad break here and then we'll get back in it in two wee seconds. You ready for this? Right, man, let's go. Right, I'll see you in two. Today's sponsor of the video is the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast, hosted by a good friend, Mark the Mark, 22. Now, he's the guest on the current podcast. Make sure you go find that, where all podcasts are held. So, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everything else you find a podcast on. Now, back to the show. Right, we are back. And again, I will let you take the reins here, Mark. Because mine is in no particular order. I have not even wrote what matches they're free uh, with pay-per-views. So I will let you take the reins. Oh, if I, I do have it.
1: I've done the opposite.
0: I've, I've written everything. <laughs> I've written a blurb and
1: everything. So th- this match, as I said, I, I've tried to make it must-see. Um, I've tried to vary it a little bit so you're not getting two matches of the same. Um right. Sort of mixed it up for different people for maybe what they are into. Um, obviously, we're on a rough time right now, so to watch through ten matches, either ten, I would suggest. And at number ten from WrestleMania ten, it's the opening contest from Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Um, oh, Madison Square Garden. This match was an absolute clinic. Um, you know, in terms of storytelling and wrestling, um, you've got the younger, jealous brother and, and, and Owen trying to prove himself against his main event level older brother, Brett, who's trying to teach his younger brother a lesson. You know, as expected, every manoeuvre, slick, perfectly executed, the purpose, um, Brett's knee injury comes into play, Owen's got the perfect bullseye you weaken weak Brett Hart. Obviously, you need to point out as well, Brett Hart's got a main event match later on in the show. This was the year him and Luger both won the Rumble jointly um, mm-hmm. So Luger got to wrestle Yokozuna for the title And then Brett would wrestle the winner But in order to get the second shot at the title Brett would have to wrestle Owen at the start of the show um, These guys, are oh, just watching this back It was like, oh my god, I forgot how good this was um, 20 minute instant classic Nobody sees Can I, can I go into the the result here? Or is, I, you, can. <laughs> you can, you <laughs> um, can go for it man Maybe saw Owen winning the match. Um, obviously, Brett having that title match later. You expect Brett to go over and keep the momentum running. Brett leaves the night with the title, so both men have had a big win. Both men leave better than when they
0: came in. It's perfection, man. Absolutely perfection. So you need to watch this. <laughs> that is, I'll give you that. That is a good match. It's a good match to start us off. Number ten. Um, do you want to crack through yours, and I'll tell you if I have them. You want to go through full list and I'll go through. So I'm next. guessing that
1: was one you don't have. So that's good. Uh,
0: that's what I don't have. Number
1: nine. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at WrestleMania three. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: This is an old one, but fuck me, there's a hold up. Like, so everybody remembers WrestleMania three for Hogan Andre. You know that yes. that irresistible force meets the immovable object. It's body slam here around the world. Everybody remembers it for that. But this match in the, in the lower card, Intercontinental Championship on the line. Uh, the babyface Ricky the Dragon Steamboat gets the one over Macho Man. And see, see if you'd speak to any modern wrestler who you know thrives off a high work rate who you see you know your Seth Rollins he's and the like all right? all right guys like that guarantee you they took something from this match. I guarantee you when they were going through training they were shown this match or they've watched this match and they know what this is all about. See if you see any match nowadays that's got a high level work rate, that's this is where it all started. These guys kick started that off. Um people always talk about Steamboat and Flair and it's a bit before my time Steamboat and Flair. Um, I was this one I suppose but if I had to suggest a match to watch from that time that was well ahead of its time, this is the one. Um, over 30 years later, it's still an exciting watch, and I think that's testament to the two guys involved. Um, so I would recommend watching that. No, I wouldn't give too much more about about it. Just enjoy it. <laughs> um,
0: well, I don't have that either. Oh, that's
1: good, man. We may have about 20 different ones here. Uh, <laughs> it could be. Uh, Royal Rumble, number eight, is Royal Rumble 2000, Cactus Jack versus Triple H in a street fight.
0: that is a great match oh my god a great match I forgot about that actually
1: (laughs) anybody who watches through I'm I'm actually I didn't mean to put it so low on my list but there was just so many different ones Uh, and I have a I have another safe later on which I think was better so that's why I put it on number eight Um, this was the time where Mick Foley went from Mankind to Cactus Jack um Triple H and Stephen McMahon were running the company in the sort of McMahon-Helmsley regime at the time. Uh, Triple H was putting Mankind in the rock and matches so that they would weaken each other so he could hold onto the belt for a little bit longer. Um, and then when Cactus Jack came out, Triple H realised that he was actually in trouble. Um, and they went into this street fight with, you know, the hardcore legend that is Cactus Jack. Triple H had his hands full with this one. And... What a match. Um anybody who watched through that will probably tell you this is one of their best matches, their favourite matches. Yes. It, it's fantastic. Um we get Stephanie on the outside, the appearance of the rock, we, we see handcuffs, steel chairs, bad wire two by fours, thumbtacks, um, and all in all ends up with Triple H retaining the title. Um they would then have a Hell in the Hell in a Cell match in No Way Out two thousand, which was a perfect sequel to this, which we've also reviewed in the podcast at the Caledonian Council Wrestling Podcast. Um <laughs> and you can check that out as well, but this match, you know, anyway, I say anybody who grew up through that will remember it really, really fondly. And, and that's why it has to make my list. I'll
0: give you that. That's another good one I don't have, but I forgot about.
1: It's, it's one of those ones, you know, and again, you know, you think of Rumble, you think of Rumble matches, you think of WrestleMania, you think of yeah. main events. So anywhere that falls in between might just slip under your radar sometimes. So it takes a wee bit of, you know, digging about to think, oh, I remember that one or whatever. Um, and this is one I think a lot of people will remember, but probably won't expect it to be on my list. It's the only women's match I have on my list. Um, so number seven is the NXT Takeover Brooklyn match between Sasha Banks and Bailey. Um mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, the best women's match that WWE ever produced. Um simple story, the fan favourite and the NXT star like Bayley, Bailey, challenging the arrogant boss Sasha Banks. Bailey's girls next door sort of persona, um, a lovable personality. It made it easy for her for fans to cheer her, but they also saw that she was mm-hmm. like one like, of the weakest between like The the four-horse of NXT, if you like, with Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte. All three of them had actually been called up to the main roster, by this point as well, leaving Bailey behind, which sort of solidified that also. You know, it was like, well, these three have been called up, but she's been left behind. So, you know, people are thinking, well, she's... She ain't good enough to win the belt or blah, blah, blah. Um, she had a heart, inj- yeah, a heart injury. A hand injury at the time. Um, <laughs> and Sasha Banks sort of worked on it throughout the match as well. It was just a really finely tuned match. You know, they they put it all together. You know what NXT crowds are like. they you know, rabid for it. Um, and when the pressure was on, they delivered a great match and Bailey wins the belt. Um, and after the match, all the four horsewomen women came out and they all stood together in the ring, which was a key moment in the sort of women's revolution that we know now. Um this is this is probably the point where many of them many people realise that women's wrestling could be great and it could be yes. you know up there with the men's and obviously a few years later we get the main event in WrestleMania, which is a fantastic feat in itself. Um but that's that's why I would deem this must see. You know, if you see women's wrestling of today, this was probably the main turning point um and, and where that turned around for them. So that's why I had
0: to put it on my list and for a change I actually do have this hey. on my list <laughs> there's one one out of ten so aye, far
1: it's hard to leave off you know I think as I said you know you're going for that variety as well you ha- you have to sort of think what's the best women- women's match in wrestling and if it's not a Trish Stratus and Lita no, match aye. it has to be that one um, uh, no, number six a match that defined a generation defined an era um, TLC2 at WrestleMania 17 um, Hardy's Ooh. versus the Dudley's versus Edge and Christian <laughs> is that on yours? No. Oh. But very, very close. I so they've had a they've had a couple of matches. Um right obviously the three main teams of this era. All all three teams all right. Right, will rightfully get their place in the Hall of Fame. Um the Dudley's already in there, edges in there. I'm sure the other three will join them um shortly. Right. This one tops the Summerslam one for me. Um Rhino, Spike, Dudley, and Lita all added a wee bit more garnish to the match, if you like. Uh, a wee bit more pizzazz. Um and despite this sort of being the only only being the second match of its kind in terms of the TLC stipulation, um, I don't think it's ever going to be topped. The creativity, the highest of risks being taken by everybody. You know, everybody played their bit, took their bumps. Um, that Jeff Hardy getting speared from the you know the ladder by yes. the Edge is just one of the most highly real ish sports uh, spots of wrestling history If you like You know you watch back Any old rules. That's going to be on there I cannot exclude it From my list You know what I mean These these three teams Set the bar um, And their names Are always going to be In the history books For this match type In particular I mean it's his own Pay-per-view now And stuff like that So it's groundbreaking yeah. um, So I, I couldn't
0: leave this off <laughs> I went slightly different I went for TLC3 Ah right okay So again Same reasons You know I mean As basically you put a point Different kind of spots But you're getting the same intensity for the same three groups. You know what I mean? There's, it's hard not to put, put one of the three in. Um, it could have... You know, I mean? You could ask me the day and I could put two in. You could ask me the more I could put one yeah. in. You know what I mean? Because I think I had a other, other
1: match before all of them as well and that was fantastic too. So it's like, where do you, where, how do you judge one above the other? And I think... I think because, know. obviously, WrestleMania 17, for me, was the best WrestleMania of all time and that's that was the night where a lot of guys... Reached their heights, if you like, Neapolitan, uh, the mm-hmm. ladders, etc. But um, I think <laughs> that was one for me when 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 they were out there and everybody on the night showed up. That was why that match tipped the scales for me because if that was if that was poor or worse than the one before, it would have brought the whole card down. So I think the fact that it wasn't it was my yes. what made on my list. um list. I'll be real surprised if you don't have number, my number five on your list. Um, so no pressure.
0: Uh, <laughs> from <laughs> WrestleMania
1: 13 Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in a submission match.
0: Yes I do Yes I do <laughs> <Good lad. laughs> That was one of the first ones That made it to the uh, list
1: It was one of the first ones I wrote, I wrote down um, One word Masterpiece um, at yeah. A time where WCW were flying high NWO was hot as hell WWE needed a spark In the ratings war um, And Brett versus Sean Was now off the cards Because Sean had lost his smile So <laughs> they Brett Hart and Steve Austin in there Stone Cold was a heel Brett Hart was a baby face Ken Shamrock was The special guest referee Um you know, you think going into the match, the technical prowess of Bret Hart would mean... It's a, it's, a no, it's a no-brainer. He's winning this one, you know. Uh, he's got the sharpshooter in his bag, but Austin didn't have a single submission hold. Um, and... Well, I mean, he did, he did a million dollars. Exactly. Technically. But obviously, Austin's grit and determination, the fact that would say, you know, you're never going to make me see I quit, it made it really, really intriguing at the time. And even to go back and watch it, you just watch it all unfold. Even when you know the outcome, it still gets right. you every time And basically what happened was It's probably the best time they've ever done this as well But a total double turn Bret Hart's determination yes. to beat Stone Cold down And win the match um, Stone Cold's just never given up He ends up passing out to the sharpshooter He's bloodied, he's beaten Bret Hart has been absolutely resentful He's just battled on me everything that he could The fans slowly realise that Bret's not being his usual self And start to turn on him Meanwhile getting behind Austin to fight back and rally Austin leaving the, the, the stadium under his own accord and refusing any help to the back, just abs- everything about it was just unbelievably well done. Um, as you say, Brett left as the biggest heel in the company, and Stone Cold left as the biggest babyface in the company, and it's hard to see where Stone Cold would have went from there if it wasn't for that match. Aye. You know what I mean? Like You all know Steve Austin's the biggest draw in wrestling ever, You know, outdoing out Hogan, and I think
0: Aye.
1: without this match, would that ever have happened? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm no certain.
0: Um, it's it, The fans got behind him Well and truly in that match uh, It gave him a lot to think about And a lot to push forward But just when you're saying about submissions The funny thing is When Austin was in WCW He was known for his technical ability And then as soon as he came to WWE It all just kind of disappeared See if you watch back any Stone Cold Steve Austin's matches It's just
1: Punching and kicking <laughs> oh, a Fez Press here and there, you know, it's very much just the brawling style. But I think that's because it matched his character and that's why he did it. It wasn't that he couldn't wrestle. So I think that has to be made clear. Um, but I think I think that was what played out in that story as well, as, as you said there, you know. Um, people just seen Brett as the wrestler, as the technician. Uh, yeah. um, but I, I, do, I do get what you mean. Austin was always that good as well. Right,
0: so what's the next one? What's the next Number one? four.
1: Um be controversial I don't know Um it depends what you like in wrestling Um but it's King of around 2001 the street fight between Kurt Angle and Shane O'Mac
0: that is a good fight that is a good fight I will give you that uh, again th-
1: and the reason I said obviously this is a must see and not great matches Um so that's why it's put, I put it on there um, if you like sheer brutality you will love this match <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> two men beating lumps at each other literally. literally
1: battering the crap out of each other Um Kurt,
0: the glass it would not Cut Angle
1: already wrestled twice before this match as well on the night of on the kind of the ring tournaments. So he he won his semi final and then lost his final match and then won this one. So he had already put himself through, through the, the the ringer before even getting here. Um, it's hard to remember Cut Angle was only two years in the business at this point. A lot of people Aye. forget that. See when he went in his match with, with, with Brock Lesnar and people were like, "Oh, the veteran against the young guy." Like Angle was only there four years. You know, people just because, just because of how good Cut Angle was straight off the bat they forget he's still relatively fresh into the business. Um, so for him, I think...
0: Especially only coming into WWE, he never wrestled anywhere before that. That was him starting.
1: That's it. You know, straight off the bat, in the biggest company, well, obviously WCW are still going at the time, but um, right. but this, this was obviously off the heels of Shane buying WCW, um, and so he was babyface at the time. And it really solidified him, you know, in the fans' eyes, in terms of being able to put on a show and putting his body on the line and doing whatever it takes because his, his dad's the billionaire owner. He doesn't need to do that, you know, but he wanted to. He wanted to earn the respect of the boys. And then you've got, as you cut Angle. This was probably a match that really made people look at him and go, Christ, man, he, he'll do anything. You know, after two matches prior Aye. to that, and then getting in there with Shane. As you said, the, 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 the glass refusing to break, um, which is a yes. funny story, because... the big moment. Uh, they had to get, like, special glass. It couldn't be too weak, because the pyro would set it off. So they got, like, a sort of stronger version, and then they painted over it with that sort of King of the Ring logo but they gave it a double coat and that's why it wouldn't break oh. um, I, re- I was on the Pritchard's podcast I was listening to recently um, I was like oh, Christ that's quite fascinating you know um, but the, the refusal oh, yeah. to give up on the spot they were just like no you're going through it <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so one left cut uh, Angle left with a, a, a fragile tailbone um, Shane with a heavy concussion Vince ref- um, having to be stopped from going out and stopping the match Um Bruce Pritchard says in his podcast that he took an absolute bollocking for that, even though it wasn't his fault. <laughs> um, uh, so just, it's a must-watch. for the sheer guts and the brutality of it, you, ha- you have to watch it.
0: I mean, you need to give props to Shane McMahon. Actually, I can't remember what it was I was watching. I'm pretty sure it was uh, the Monday Night Wars when they were talking about the match between both mm-hmm. of them. And Shane McMahon was the one that actually says to cut angle, put me through it, do it again, go aye. for it. And he Just...
1: was winding him up, he was, he was calling him a pussy and stuff like that. He's like, you know, you, know, you know, can you not know, throw me through it? Can you not know do it? <laughs> he was getting in his head. I mean, being,
0: props to you, that.
1: angle Can kind he of suplex you through something? It must be tough to break. I mean, that guy pops his hips and like nothing. Um, <laughs> but I might have been, they may have done know. be untold on it. Um, it might have been on that you saw it. Um, aye. Might have been. But, aye, it's, 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 that's a must watch. It's, if if you like that sort of thing, you'll, you'll love this. <laughs>
0: A great match again. Number
1: three and slightly controversial, only because it's so low. Because most people would have this as the number one greatest matches. um, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker WrestleMania twenty-five.
0: Yes, I've got that in the list. Got to be. I've got that in the list. Would you like
1: to talk through this one to see if me that one on?
0: No, I'll let you. Um, I'll let you go through it again, uh, mate. You've got the notes.
1: (laughs) You know, as I said, in terms of being a bigger spectacle, um, you know, my number one, number two, slightly pips this in in terms of must see but in terms of a match and especially at the time because it was a time where you know wrestling was sort of slowing if you like this was what 2010 yeah. so it was it was becoming a bit slower. Um the darkness of the Undertaker, the light of the heartbreak kid, two men who were arguably past their prime, you know they were the young men anymore, but they put on a fucking show stealer here man. Um it's a match as I said it going at the top of many people's lists. It's Mr WrestleMania trying to beat the dead man's streak Um, You know, Shawn Michaels is always that guy Who could turn it on when it came to WrestleMania When it came to the big stage Um, Meanwhile, you've got The Undertaker Who cannot be beat at WrestleMania Just, as I said, simple story But it it works so well Um, And then the match itself was absolutely fantastic I've never seen so many false finishes Up to that point Um, Undertaker's probably the biggest crash and burn We've ever seen We dive over the top The cameraman that's supposed to catch him (laughs) Um, Didn't quite go as planned it's still painful to watch, isn't it? Like, um, uh, And for a long while, you're like, Michaels is going to take the streak and then you're like, oh wait a minute, your taker's going to have it in the bag. They had you in the palm of their hands for 30 minutes and what a ride it is, what a rollercoaster experience. Um, and if you want to experience pure elation and enjoyment through wrestling, this is a match that you have to watch. If I'm in a bad mood, I watch this match, just, enjoy <laughs> it, you know, it's fantastic, man. I mean,
0: thing is it was that good that, that they had it twice. Do you know what that's I mean? That's right. I they did it the following year. Um, did it back to back, and each match was as good as the each other. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to pick between the two of them what really is better. Um, the first one being the streak versus Michaels, the second one being a streak versus career uh, match. I mean, I mean that's... the rest the,
1: the, the rest were definitely higher the next year. Um, and Aye. that was the you know that was one of those matches as well where I was like, this is fantastic. But I, I just think. I don't know if it's because the 25 one surprised us more with how good it was.
0: Right, because it was the first. Aye, I, I, right.
1: I, I don't know why I think that one's better. I just, I don't know, maybe I need to watch them again back to back. But it's It's one of those ones for me where people always talk about that match um, from WrestleMania 25. Maybe because the rest of the card wasn't great. I don't know if maybe that's got something to do with um because the Triple H and Randy Orton had to try and follow it up as well, and there was no chance. <laughs> um, so I it has to make my list. Um, number two. Um, so anybody who grew up through that, actually then will have this on the list. I think you might have it as well, or you we may have another one of it. Uh, Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania Seventeen. Um,
0: right, I was close to having yeah. that.
1: No, I didn't watch this match at the time. Um, I watched it years later. So. I've kinda put it on there with a bit of a wink and a nudge, and know the ending really spoiled it for a lot of people. Um uh, that's that's what tipped it off for me. Do you know I, what I mean? A lot of people really despised it close me as it. well. Um, you know because it just didn't make sense. That it didn't no. make sense. No. Um, but in terms of the actual match and the fact that yes. the ending was so shocking. I think it, it, that's why it makes it in there for me. Obviously, Austin had been taken out. This is when he had his injuries. So, he took taken out with the car and I did it for the rock. That one with Rikishi and stuff like that. Rikishi and, anime. Um <laughs> You know, they had Austin winning the Rumble up to this. Um, no, these are, they had, they had a match at WrestleMania 15 and that's when you've seen these two guys as, oh, these are the two big stars at RBF. And then by WrestleMania 17, you're looking at them thinking, these are the two biggest stars in wrestling ever. No, know, really? Two biggest stars they've made since Hulk Hogan. Um, it, was, it just it just made sense. Um, you know, at the roles that the key triple H and Cut Angle played right up to the match, um obviously the Rock getting the title back, um sit doing interviews with WJR, Limp Basket's My Way promo package, which is one of the best promo packages I've ever done. Um you know, and then the stage is set for the best round of WrestleMania all many time. The second of the eventual trilogy. Um it's just fantastic, man. The, the blood, the, the the psychology that they both put in, counting on each other's moves. I can watch the rock stunner for stunner for a week and they'll get bored. Um, Aye. And obviously, as we say, say, Vince McMahon coming out and turning um, Steve Austin heel uh, and aligning and with the devil himself, as JR says. Um, it's one of those ones that you have to watch to get a, a feel
0: for that era and get a feel for what those two guys can do when they go in there together, you know? To be fair to the match itself, the aftermath of it when they they did have Austin as a heel, and he's kind of worked with Kurt Angle was oh, it was pretty, pretty good. good man do you know what I mean it was hilarious uh, my favorite see the as I was just about to say see the tiny cowboy hat <laughs> that's my favorite part ever. just
1: recently in his isolation Kurt Angle put up a video on Twitter I don't know if you've seen it I've
0: not seen he's it sitting yet. sitting on
1: his couch with his Olympic gold medal on uh, and his full wrestling gear playing a guitar singing Jimmy Crack and it's absolutely oh. brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's on his Twitter, man. Was, I've seen you after, after the show. Um, it's oh, absolutely man. hilarious. He's sitting there and he's just like, I, I, said, I said to um, Stuart at the, the podcast when I said, uh, I see Kurt Angle's taking the isolation well. <laughs> he just <laughs> tumbled. <laughs> um, oh, the, guy, the guy's so entertaining. But I, I, think, I think people, you know, if they never saw that match, that's, that's the one out of the three that I would pick to watch. Um, oh, right. And my number one with a slight bit of bias. Um, so this is the first show I ever watched and it's the first match that I always remember and that I still to this day say got me into wrestling. Um WrestleMania eighteen it's The Rock versus Hulk Hogan.
0: Oh um, well, that is a good that match. is
1: for me if if somebody came up to me and say show me what this wrestling malarkey is all about, that's the match I show them. It's you know, seventy thousand fans in Toronto, the two most electrifying stars wrestling in wrestling history, in my opinion. You know, obviously Austin was a big star, but these two guys were two guys who'd always have the crowd where they really wanted them. Um The Rock was a homegrown fan favourite, babyface, Hogan, NWO, black and white heel. Stage was set, and then those seventy-five thousand fans in Toronto went, Toronto went, Nope, we're changing this around. They started cheering Hogan, Hogan started booing the rock. They had worked out a whole match all the way through. Hogan's health wasn't the best at the time. So, like, they never... Before the match, they were working it out. He's like, I'm not bumping or anything before we do this. We'll just call it now, and then we'll go out there and do it. And then, three minutes in the match, they couldn't get the crowd where they wanted them, and they called on the fly. They switched it around. Hogan started working the baby face, Rock working the heel. Uh, the NWO came down at one point on the fly as well. Um, it was just such a well-done match, and to think that they didn't have any of that plan before they been out there was just Hi. absolutely fascinating. And the biggest thing that I would always take away from this is... At points in the match, they did so little, but it meant so much. See when they just stared at each other. See when Hogan threw up. I mean, that's iconic. See when they locked up and Hogan pushed Rock into the corner at the start of the match. The crowd went fucking bananas. It was like the 80s, back when everything was over. You know what I mean? The crowd were just cheering the whole time. It is honestly unbelievable. And again, like the Taker and Michaels match for earlier, it's probably the match that should have been the main event. But it wasn't in and the people after it was Jericho Triple H on this occasion, they just couldn't keep up with that. Um but it was absolutely brilliant. So that, that has to be my number one, and I kinda see anybody disagree with me. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: will give you that. I will give you that. Um the thing is, that match had a lot to do with even doing the likes of the cover, smackdown shut your mouth. If you remember back, it's the face off between yeah. both the Rock and uh Togan. I mean I'll give you that. That is a great match. I, I didn't do mine in order for 1-10 because it would have took about two more weeks to, to pick up. <laughs> um, however, I went for sheer emotion in some of my matches. Mm-hmm. So matches that kind of toggle on the heartstrings and flip you from here to there. Um, obviously, the matches we've spoken about, I've said about Austin versus Hart, uh, we spoke about Banks v Bailey, TLC3. Um, one of the big matches... Oh, we also spoke about uh, Taker versus... Michaels. Michaels. Uh, I've got a few ones in here. Um, you'll see the theme here. So, we know we just spoke about Taker retiring Michaels at Mania. Um, one of the matches I'm going to put in here is when Michaels retired Flair. I you going to say that. No. I've
1: just watched that match this morning... Um for our next podcast
0: I'm doing WrestleMania 24. Um, I totally agree with you, man. The bit where he apologises to him and then super kicks him, well, hits him with the switch of music, I mean, the emotions are running high in that match. Um, You will notice that with a couple of different ones of mine. They're high emotion matches. Um, But I'm not going to pick one as a number one, surely because it's got to be a kind of twist or surprise. Um, So I've went with that one. Um, Obviously, Speaking about emotion, there is no match, in my opinion, that's higher in WWE than when Lesnar beat Taker at WrestleMania. Um, Aye. That is the biggest shot. It's hard to disagree with that. Um,
1: you know, when you're talking WrestleMania moments, it doesn't get any better yes. than that. And, it's
0: you know, not expected. Yeah,
1: on social media right now, all you're seeing is clips of previous WrestleMania is because, you know, we're in that month now where all the manias Aye. are coming up. So, so that's happened a year ago, so many years ago for a year or whatever. Um and when that see when that see when that referee's hand comes in for a three, and you just hear nothing in a huge arena, and it's just like, what? Hi. You're like, everybody just, they just couldn't, they wouldn't believe that it was done. You know what I mean? And I, well, my my one biggest regret was I never watched this live. I wish this oh, was one of the, I stayed I to watch because I I'd, oh uh, man, to this day that's one of the ones I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe I never saw that live. You know, because that's one of the ones people will say, "Remember were you when The Undertaker lost his streak? <laughs> I was in my bed. Oh, I
0: can know exactly where. Honestly, there was a group of about five or sixes watching this live. Me, I mean, my brother's favourite wrestler is The Undertaker. We watched this together and literally not a word was spoken for the, the three count until everybody left. Everybody was speechless. Aye. Honestly, there was not a word says. Um. Need knew know what to say? Uh, it was like somebody physically dying. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, something that's been built up for years and years and years, you never actually expected it to, to look to do you know what I mean? You never expected to end. Yeah, um, do, do you think, do you think again, was the right guy for that? My head says, I because he was heartened after yeah. it because he became into this the utter beast. Yeah. Um, but my heart says, no, uh, preferably. And you have probably got to agree with this. I would have liked to seen a heel turn. Ah, very nice. Aye. That's what I would have said. I seen a heel turn would have been the best time because, I mean, people at that point had started to no fancy him as much. So why not just take him, make him beat the streak, and then give people a reason to do it.
1: it's a difficult one. Um, you know,
0: I, I'd say I'd, I'd agree with you in
1: terms of my mind says Block should have won it because who else is more realistically capable. Um Aye. but at the same time, back when Taker could have a great match still, Cena would have been your man. Um Yes. I, I would agree with that. I'd also you know in my heart of hearts I'd like to I'd have seen Bray Wyatt do it because I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. Um It
0: could have been the takeover. See the character he's got now,
1: that well, would have been well to take over. Yeah, that's the thing. It had to be, you know, but by, by the time Bray Wyatt came to face Taker, his character I wouldn't say it was dead, but it was it was very much weakened. Um you know, the, 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 the aura around it wasn't as strong as it used to be. So right. if he'd won it then it wouldn't it wouldn't have been the same, you know. Um whereas Lesnar it just catapulted him into the beast that he was. Um so I, I I'd i agree to, to a degree where, you know,
0: he was probably the best man for the for the decision. But uh, it's a fantastic match. Yeah. All right. Another one to add to the list, I'm gonna put in the taker again. <laughs> um take a guess what match this says. Undertaker versus hmm. Big match, but big moment, massive moment. Mankind. Yes, Undertaker versus Mankind in a Hell in a Cell. Um,
1: I kind of left that off on one of our podcasts. We did a top three Hell in a Cell matches, um, and that didn't make it onto either of ours, just because the match itself wasn't fantastic. But I had I had those two moments. Yes, that, and as I said, in terms of the best, it wasn't it, but in terms of must see. No, Um is that kind of
0: around ninety eight? I think it was ninety-eight. I think so. Um but again, based on based on the big spots in the match, again we're talking about emotion, kind of driven matches here. Um it's one of the points where you really actually start to kind of warn to mankind as well. Somebody that's gonna get put through there and it's still going to still got to try. Do you know what it's I mean?
1: A, you know a baby face always gets over with sympathy. You know And when, when something like that happens And you think Oh my god Oh no, he's alright That's sympathy And then see when he gets yes. back up You're already hooked You're behind him And What he did was Really extreme for the time I mean you see I always remember oh, uh, right. Terry Funk coming out In like normal gear at the time I think he was working The Chainsaw Charlie gimmick So he totally broke his character right. And stuff like that Because he was genuinely worried um, And then obviously this, this, the, the off the top of the cell spot Was supposed to happen But I don't think The one through the cage was No um, No that was not just petrifying to watch <laughs>
0: I mean, I'd, it was between this match and Mankind winning the title. That was like two big yeah. matches, again, emotion-driven. But for me, this one tops it sheer for the fact they the brutality of the match. Yeah,
1: aye. And it was 98 um and I kind of I just checked it in case I did want to check that one out.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, going into another specialised style of match, I'm going to put in a ladder match between Shawn Michaels, and Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship.
1: That's a match that people sleep on, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's The story as well is really good. Um,
0: a big match for its time. A big match for its yeah. time.
1: It's the, the visual I at mean, the end with Razor and the two belts on the ladder.
0: Yes. I love that. Oh, fantastic. It's It's got a lot more than it. it first appears to be. I mean, you go, oh, a ladder match between they two, oh that should be all right. But then when you watch it, you start to kind of get into the the emotional side of it, the psychology the two guys. Yeah. I mean, two guys that are really good friends that are two really good enemies on television. You know aye. I mean? And it was sort of defining for Michaels as well because he was still pretty
1: fresh in his singles run by this point. Um, yeah. So it was good for him. Um, and I think they did have a ladder match at a live event before this, but obviously this being the first sort of pay-per-view televised one. Um, was that Mania 10 as well? I think it was. Um, I think so. And aye, that was that was a good one um, and, you know obviously what the ladder match became obviously I touched on the TLC earlier on um, that's eventually what it would sort of transcend into wasn't it um, yeah. but uh, they've they done it so well um,
0: fair point to them such a, such a big match that if he didn't have that it wouldn't get you as much as everyone else yeah.
1: and I think they only had one ladder in the building that night so if they broke the ladder oh. they were gubbed <laughs> it was the old story. So, like, and you've seen a few times a ladder. You know, sometimes a ladder warps and it sort of bends in the wrong way, yes. and you think, "Christ, that's good." Um, and if, if, if they if they've broken a ladder, God knows what that happened. They did <laughs> I don't know, Make a big leap.
0: <laughs> so, my second. I've got two left to give. Because again, I'm going to go through the list. So far, we've done Lesnar v. Taker, Michaels v. Taker, Michaels v. Flair we done Mankind v. Taker, Hart v. Austin, Ramon v. Shawn Michaels, Banks v. Bailey, TLC3. So, to come in to my last two, again, emotion is going to hold high in this one. No due to the fact to what happened after the match. And it is when Edge beat Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship, oh, wow. which turned out to be his last match.
1: Yeah, very good. Well, his last match then <laughs>
0: um, aye, aye aye no but I mean disregard the stuff now aye, but...
1: aye. Um, it's a bastard when guys come back in it <laughs> yes it's the
0: same for Ric Flair I mean I put Ric Flair's last match and then a couple of months later he was his shit Michael's
1: as well he's come back now as well and it's like fuck me man I know. <laughs> <laughs> give a break <laughs>
0: um, I mean the retirement
1: matches mean nothing now I know aye, his, um, his speech especially was fascinating um, you know his retirement speech and stuff like that and so chuffed that he came back, and I did watch the Royal Rumble live, uh, <laughs> and it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, and then yes. I did watch it again for the podcast, so I watched it twice. Um, but I was oh man, I was so happy to stay up for that as well. Um, it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant um, to see him come back.
0: But I don't really remember much about
1: the Del Rio match itself.
0: Um, but it's, it was it was decent, but it wasn't like. Amazing, but for the fact they what it was after, Aye, that's why it made the list. I feel so sorry
1: for people like that, you know, because you know, guys who retire on their own accord and they know when they're retiring, etc., and then guys who are just told you can't do this anymore, you know, and it was fear the fact that it was the next night they
0: came yeah. out and it was
1: it was done. Aye, it's it's quite turn of events, and it? it's scary, man. It's scary. For the, the the highest, of highs, you know, big world title match at WrestleMania, t- you're done.
0: Is it's a big crash, man. And... The fact that he won the title and then had to retire, if he lost the title and said he to retire, fair enough. At least it would have kind of knew then. But for yeah. the unknown fact that it would be his last match, yeah, he had his crown in a
1: moment and then pff, away it goes. Just um, him and Ballard won the Universal title, sure um, Obviously, it wasn't as True, bad. Yeah. Um, he could wrestle again at least. Um, but it was, you know, just having, having that book pulled for
0: under years, and it? it's It's no nice. That is true. So I'm going to come into the last match. Um, this is a match that is not been said on yours, but it has been one of my favourite matches of all time. That is coming from my favourite brand. I am going to go for DIY versus the Revival. Is this a one-on-one match of the year?
1: Yes. Uh, no. There was because there was a few different ones because there was a, a Triple Threat Tag Match with AOP involved as well, um, which was really yeah. really good. But those two teams, wow, man. It's, pff, I just don't even see why you would split Gargano and Champa up. Obviously, they're, they're both great in their own right, but when you've got a tag team that can put on matches like that, use
0: them, uh, you know? Um, I mean, especially see when you look at it now, the Revival went way down hill. They don't want to be there. DIY yeah. um, have been split up. I mean, they've done well singles-wise. Champa better than Gargano, personally, but stick the two together again have the two of them have a match, it's got to, it's got to send off the right idea. Aye. Do you know what I mean? In,
1: in my eyes as well, in terms of Raw and SmackDown or being at a WrestleMania, unless, unless they're in a WrestleMania match for NXT, I don't see the two guys making the top, just simply because of their size. But if you if you Aye. put them together, it works better. You put tandem offense together, and, it's, you know, and they can go two-on-one with people you when know, they're in the ring, um, it, it works to a different level. So you you could find Aye. them, you know, in that shuffle Um, I mean I don't see either of them and it's not based on ability you know they're both fantastic but I don't see either of them as world champions etc
0: no it's just sheer the fact that I mean see if you put any of them in AEW or TNA or Ringy Honor 100% world champion yeah definitely but in WWE you don't it's
1: under the Giants you know um, That is. and uh, uh, the revival I mean psychologically what a tag team you know throwback throwback throwback, yes throw back to your your three birds and your Arnon Ole and Arnon Tully etc um, you know who else Steiners you know your WCW tag team the NWA tag teams are like the 80s and 90s um, drop and roll but, um, oh fantastic
0: um, no flips just fists exactly. <laughs> I love that man that is I mean it was so true they worked to that so well and even going back I don't know if you can remember before this um, when they were mixing stuff up between, before the two of them were put together I mean, it was just a bit of flounder. It was the same kind of situation as American Alpha. Yeah, was it the rate classic They were on the two of them. Is that, uh, that
1: before they got together, or was that? Am I just sidelining
0: that? I I, I can't remember that. No. I'm
1: I'm am I'm, I'm maybe I'm actually people up here. Um, so I, I don't I don't I don't recall too much the single stuff
0: before DIY. The Wisney. I mean. They might, I uh, know, I was talking about uh, the Revival there, but yeah. Oh, I sorry, sorry.
1: Aye. I, I yes. remember Dawson did like a farmer's gimmick, didn't he? Um, yes. Alexa at some he point. Was tagged
0: up- Yes. The two of them were together, and then he had like four or five different tag partners, disappeared for about three weeks, and then came back Is a Revival, and it just clicked
1: ah uh, that's right because uh, Dawson was in the original class of NXT he was one of the first guys there but Weldon uh, didn't join for a while yet Um am I you going m- back m- to- yes
0: no you're correct m- well uh,
1: yeah, no yeah, think, as think far right,
0: as that right. like, they no the original original like with like kind of Barrett and that kind of stuff but I know, know that know when, when, when they opened the performance centre etc yes 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 um, going back it as well both men won the the first ever Cruiserweight Classic they did have a fight Against each other, but during that they were starting to kind of tag together uh, before right. they were known as DIY. Uh, ah, I can always right. remember it. If you if you can't get, a, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like if you can't get a if you can't get a fight or something like that, then do it yourself, and that's when they named themselves DIY. Ah right, I, right. Like I, I can't, can't remember They never really like,
1: used it as a catchphrase, or anything. it was just that's what they started calling themselves, and
0: just stuck. Oh, right. um, sometimes that happens, but. Uh, two very good lists then <laughs> I'm going to add one in that almost made for it uh-huh. and for the sheer fact the emotion as well is when Kofi Kingston won the WWE Championship um, nice, long time yeah. it's not one of the must-sees but it is one of the must-see moments um, yeah match was good uh, when Kofi started to start me, setting we are disconnecting I think, I think we're alright trying we're all right. to con- says if we're unable to connect but that is a list anyway. Um you get any ads before we finish off? Um,
1: I would have said, on that note there, the Daniel Bryan one, WrestleMania um, WrestleMania 30. Yes,
0: yeah. Especially the when match before the Triple, before triple H Something came that. out and the Triple Threat. Um, I mean, a match that was not booked until the fans yeah. wanted it.
1: Exactly. Um, you know, I had to adapt on the fly. Obviously, Punk had just left as well. Um I've got a few cut Angle ones. I've got cut Angle versus Sean, Michaels at a 21. Um Ooh. Lesnar, Lesnar and Angle at a 19. Good
0: match.
1: Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Angle and Brock mm. on the 60 minute Iron Man on SmackDown, which would have went in if it wasn't for the fact ah, that it on TV because the ad breaks take away from it a wee bit. Um, just because it takes you at the match, you know, and you cuts away and you cuts back, it's like uh, you know, it takes you a wee bit. Um, and I would say Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar Good match as well. in 2004, Eddie won the title. And so that was I think close. money in the bank to 2011 just because of the i had uh, just because of the everything surrounding not not necessarily. Which was the actually got a lead
0: or... in it. My favourite <laughs> moment outside the match, my favourite excluding obviously box back between the Miz and Daniel Bryan we spoke about was actually the pipe bomb that was rolled by CM Punk. I am trying to elevate to him past the level that yeah. he should have been allowed to go um, No by my standards, but
1: by obviously the WWE standards. Yeah, I think by, you know, a lot of people, I think it's been spoken about so much. that When this says pipe bomb, they go, oh, here we go again. You know, everybody, everybody remembers it. And a lot yeah. of people say that was the moment they switched back onto WWE, you know, because a lot of people have been turned away. Um so was, I think that was a real defining especially um era especially it's just a shame, shame it never worked out with Punk um, but it was, it was something I mean, still, there is still a mood.
0: chance for him back however would it be as good because a lot of the wrestlers right now the likes of Owens Rollins are arguably just as good or better is it got to be one of the ones where we, he comes back and it's just nostalgia that ruins it for everybody I, I would totally agree with that man I think that Punk
1: got out just before the really Next level of wrestlers came in. Um, Punk no. at the time he was probably one of the better ones there, um, but he, he wrestled WWE style. He was no. Punk isn't he overly athletic. You know, you know, you people people seem to forget that. And I don't think I, I think if he was in there, you know, the now in terms of ability, I don't think he would stand up above the rest. Yes, but you put a microphone in his hand, you know, top people on the building, you know. Um, so I think he would certainly st- still have a role,
0: but I I don't know if if the the wounds can be sealed I, mean, I don't know. Um If you had to bring him in right go. now, you would need to put him into some sort of role where he was in the new Nexus. The leader of a group where he's got guys that can do everything else for him, but he's still able to kinda implement his style in. Yeah. If if, if I if I had to bring him back, I'm not
1: gonna sit here and fancy about the whole thing, but um yes. definitely bring him back as a manager first. Because if you bring him back and you say he's going to have this match at WrestleMania with this guy, uh, it's already peaked before it started. If you if you bring him in as a manager and slowly just filter him through, and eventually, you know, he'll need he'll get involved. If that's if that's if it ever happens, that's how I'd do it. Because you know, get him comfortable, get him in front of the crowd, get the crowd used to him, and then because as soon uh, as he goes into the ring,
0: people he like, needs to oh, get back to a face. face. He needs to. There's no way if, he can't.
1: Aye, if 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 you did that at the start, where do you go for there? You? you know what I mean? If you bring him in and he has a match, I don't care who, but uh, Seth Rollins at Mania, right? He, he turns up just after the rumble, he says, I'm coming back, I'm going to wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. There's a few promos and stuff like that. Gets gets out in the match at WrestleMania. It's the main event, everybody's loving it. It's Punk's back, fantastic against Seth Rollins, one of the best guys in the company. And after WrestleMania, it's surely it's all done hill. You know what I mean? Like, he's it he couldn't have got any higher than that. But if you bring him in low, and that brings interest in straight away, and you just sort of you know bring people in for the journey and take them along and then build it up to something big. I agree with and that. I, it would better, if you, you have, have
0: that match at Mania, then technically it is going to be doing hell, so he's as well as retiring after that, which is no what anybody wants to see. So if you bring him in somewhere like NXT where he starts watching somebody's match, keep like, for example, Keith Lee continues to watch his match, continues to watch his match, and then eventually you start to see a wee bit of kind of talk between them. Oh, what's that? You need a manager. Boom, helps him. You're the continental champion doing your first match in Raw. Boom, what's that? Somebody earlier wants to mm-hmm. come and join the, the the Punk party, you know what I mean? And then you build for there. Yeah. And I think the fact as well, I mean,
1: if Punk wanted to get back into Aye. wrestling, he'd have went to Ew. He is, he has. I don't think he has any interest in getting back in. I, I genuinely don't, but by the same token, um, Grado told a story on his podcast, Wrestling Daft, recently. Um, I said recently, it was actually a bit ago going Um, that he, he worked a match, um, over in the States and he was tagging with Cabana. Um, and this tag team had a manager and he was under a mask, and oh, it right. turned out to be CM Punk under the mask. Um, and it was just like, why was he even there? You know, it was like a, sh- was like a small town show c- in Chicago. So I don't know if maybe he has got an niche for it and he keeps a strong front about it, or he's just sort of pissing about the people that he knows. And then just I imagine like, Cabana would have interested. been the one, one that know, talked about it. But I mean,
0: um, good pal, It might have been. Uh, yeah, he's probably
1: just I mean, you I know, can know, see him right?
0: being a booker, I can see uh, him writing uh, the shows and sorting the shows because I imagine he'd be good at that. Do you know what I mean? if he gone back to when he I was like, I mean I watched point, the, yeah. the documentary but if he came back to when he was a, like a backyard wrestler do you know what I mean he was he was always good at that kind of stuff mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's, it's, uh, that's a difficult, nah. difficult one it's probably a conversation for another day but it's it's, it's something that as wrestling fans I think yes. we're, we're going to cling on to it for way too long <laughs> um, but never say never I mean you know Savage went yeah, into the I mean, Hall of Fame and, Edge, and Ultimate Warrior came back
0: and, never and, wrestle again comes and, back so it, it
1: yeah
0: aye
1: anything can happen personally I think is. if you had to do
0: one <laughs> single match for Punk and then call it quits it would need to be against Daniel Bryan two like, back oh, in the day that, they man. were the biggest and the best wrestlers no, the, maybe not the biggest as in name wise but like for the indies they were two of the biggest names yeah, I mean they have Indie darlings aye. they're the, the last great Indie darlings it- really Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm loving the stuff that Brian's doing with Gulak right now. Um, but his Planet's Champion aye. stuff that he was doing was fantastic. Um, you know, they'll, they'll fucking. Basically, who he is. That's the best guy. Definitely, that'd have been perfect for Punk to come back for that sort of run. But as we say, man, we can, we can speculate all we like. It's like Oasis getting back together. You know, it's like, you know, is ever going to on to that till the day, though,
0: honestly. I. <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll call that there. We will schedule <laughs> our podcast off stream. I have been Bowsie. I've been Mark. <laughs> Mark- I Matt will be putting a link 20. to this <laughs> and I will be telling people about this. So do not worry. And the quarantine stream lives to see another day, as do we all. And I will see everyone else in the future. Final words, Mark. Just thanks no very much for having me on okay. Mate it's been good fun Fair to return the favour If you ever want me on there And I'll see everybody later Absolutely. on Goodbye <laughs>